0: You're listening to The Science of Superpowers with Tonya Dawn reclaher Listen here, read the book, and dive into the experience.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back with us here at The Science of Superpowers. And again, we have such a delightful gift for you today with Paul Selig back on the show. Paul is definitely a favorite guest of mine to talk with and to interact with. And his work has has really been such a blessing um, in our sphere as it continues to provide affirmation and just kind of lights up the, the pathway in front of us, gives us that little courage to keep walking our path. And um, as we see the similarities and, and as, I, as I've often said, it, the information just feels like home. Um, it's something that I absolutely resonate with. And I know so many of you do. And so, of course, um, we love uplifting Paul and, and, and his courage and his walk and sharing the amazing information that's coming through him um, from the guides. And so today we're talking about living the kingdom now in honor of Paul's latest book, The Kingdom. So please join me in welcoming Paul back to the show. Welcome, Paul.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
1: Uh, well, we're always delighted to have you here and, and particularly around this topic of you know, that's that's in so many spheres of influence has different names, you know, whether it be living heaven here on earth or or dimensional realities. Sometimes we play in the multidimensional spaces or or the kingdom or or however we, we go about explaining this to us, there's this this kind of overwhelming sense that there's more. I think that um in the creative circles, you know, what the pandemic served for so many of us was was this real clear clear call of, of either we're going to put our safety and our security in something that is well-founded and that we can rely on as truth, or we're going to try to keep putting it or finding a place in the physical reality to place it that, that continually forces us to recognize that that's, that, that that's never going to work, that there's some, there's always some kind of crack in the foundation. Um, And so I love this concept of of living the kingdom now. And and, and I want to open the dialogue with you, see if maybe you can describe sort of what that experience of that book was for you, and where where they're taking us through that process.
0: Um, I'll try. You know, the kingdom was dictated um, during the pandemic. I was in, I had been living in New York City and had to come, you know, I wasn't able to go back to New York because I was out of the country when the city went into lockdown. And so I was in this very interesting place. I think I was living in a tiny house, you know, at the time and convened a small group on um, Zoom to do the dictation. And I didn't know what to expect, but really the guides have been, I think, preparing us for radical change for some time. And they've been speaking about it in all of their books. And, you know, what they're teaching now is the kingdom, which they say is the realization of the inherent divine in all manifestation. And they said, in order to have this experience, you have to align to it, which really means Shifting your tone or your, your consciousness, whatever you really want to call it, to, to a level of vibration where you can move into accord with it. The guides say again and again, you can't make anything holy, it already is. But we've <laughs> done a very good job at denying the divine. And what they're teaching in this book, which is a, a, such a simple concept and such a huge one, is that the denial of the divine is the only real problem that we face as a species you know, where, what, what we put in darkness, who we put in darkness, how we find ways to rationalize all that. The guides say, you know, what we put in darkness calls us to that darkness, who you damn, what you damn, damns you back. And so we're living in a world where we've inherited all these structures about, you know, who we're supposed to be and who others are supposed to be and all this factioning. And, you know, we're living in the result of this right now, I think. And the guides say this is actually a tremendous opportunity for, for us, for all of us, to know who and what we truly are. But it also involves befriending the unknown because, you know, we don't get to have <laughs> things the way we think that they should be. And the guide said, I think it was in the book that preceded it, Alchemy, where they said, you know, the road is lit as you walk it not a moment before the path is lit as you walk it and i think they're teaching us how to walk and how to operate in this level of vibration that they call the kingdom which you can call christ consciousness or a higher level of awareness my guides don't speak of dimensions they talk about octaves and they call Mm -hmm. it the octave above the one that we've been moored in collectively the sense of reality that we've shared they say it's an octave with high and low notes and what they're doing with us is transposing the music that we are to play in what they call the upper room or the octave above. Mm.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. I love so much of all of that. And and I love the similarities. Folks, I know that so many of you operate in other spaces with other kind of practicalities, other other other, you know, pedagogies, other ways of looking at things, other philosophies and and the key in all of this is to feel the resonance, right? Is to find your own lighted way through it. And so we do use different words. We we describe things differently. We have different frameworks and constructs, but it's really important that like what Paul's talking about, that we're leaning into the pieces that feel true. There are these changeless kind of components. Often you've heard me refer to them as divine design or being in harmony with the divine or in communion. There's this place of knowingness when you slip into that alignment where the, um, it it moves beyond the data, right? Beyond the information, beyond the symbols of words or sounds or whatever that we're using to communicate. Um, And it, in, I think in, in now perhaps more than ever, Um, you know, I can speak of only my limited conscious experience, you know, that I can recollect right now, but but it's important for us to be willing to move beyond what we have felt comfortable with, moving beyond um, you know, the known sort of thing. Be, you know, we've described it as, you know, the projection can only show you what you used to believe. And and there is a moment of sitting in sort of a void and allowing things to rework themselves in alignment with what you're stepping into. Um, to me, that is a true act of faith. And, and the, the descriptor of it lighting up in front of you is, is the willingness to take that step, right? It, it's, it's sort of like the adage that, that you've heard here, that there's some stories that you don't really get to hear the ending of um, until you choose to believe in them. And it's, it's like, until you lift your foot up and, and start to place it down, you're just operating on faith that, that there's going to be something underneath of that and that you're supported. And I, in our work, that is the walk, right? That is, that is what it's forging in us is, are we willing to put our confidence, our faith, our trust in something other than what we perceive of as the physical reality? Would, would you say that that's a, that's a similar kind of summation of, of, of the guidance?
0: Yeah. I mean, yes, I would. I, you know, they're, they're saying this is an experiential teaching now it's not about philosophy and it's not mm-hmm. about what we think should be. And, you know, the guides say we interpret our reality through what they call the small self, which is just the personality structure, which has been taught through history. So it expects to see what it's known and constantly mm-hmm. replicate it. And so this is the opportunity. And, um, it is it is a, a big step off a cliff in a lot of ways. <laughs> There's no question.
1: Yep. No question at all. It, it, it is that leap of faith. And and they talk in the kingdom about um, how they'll hold that space until we become them. What what is your what is your take on that?
0: Well, I'm learning, you know, and they've they're they're doing a book now. They're they're dictating a new book, which is really about embodiment at this level, which is kind mm-hmm. of blowing my mind. So I think what they've done is teach us how to move to this level of vibration or consciousness, which they call the upper room. And then the pitfalls or the challenges of sort of maintaining it. Um, and now they're beginning to talk about being there, simply being there and what that means, mm. because they say we become the doorway at this level, you know, between the octaves, between the, the different realities and, What that means, I think, is that, you know, how you express, which the guides call your true service, how you be, is an invitation to everybody else. And not through any doctrine, but through your tone, through your vibration, Mm -hmm. You you become the light that illumines what you encounter and what you encounter is transformed by that. And that's all about presence. It's far less intellectual than I would like sometimes. (laughs) And they're taking us into an experience of this, which I find really remarkable. You know, most all of every other book was done while I was doing workshops with people, you know, in the room. Mm -hmm. And the guides would introduce a concept and then they'd have us work with the attunements. And that's what allowed me to trust this whole experience because the energy would come through in such clear ways and people who'd never felt energy were suddenly having these large experiences Mm -hmm. in the kingdom because it was done it was dictated online i was feeling the energy but i wasn't having that experience and i actually had a group um at my home last week where we did all the work and we did all the attunements from the kingdom, and I was floored by it because it's mm. enormous. But they're really mm-hmm. talking about translating reality or transposing reality. Um, and it, it it sort of affords a very different way of being in the world mm-hmm. and a kind of reconciliation, I think, with who we've always been and perhaps didn't know we were allowed to express that way. <laughs>
1: Well, brother, you're speaking my love language. That's totally my game here. And I love um, everything that's encouraging people to step into their brilliance. You know, one of my kind of soapboxes is, you know, when we've been touched by the divine, when we've had that experience, we glow and people know it. And there's, you know, in our world, in the superpower world, we we encourage people to, to kind of recognize that... Um, you know, not, not, not making it burdensome or agreement driven, but, but really I hold it as then an obligation to shine because it, it it's like, it started with Neva, you know, when Neva was born and I had this little mini me all the time, kind of, kind of in my presence. And, and it really just went right to my heart of, of who do I want to be for her, right? In the most selfish sense. And then in an even bigger sense, it's, it's you know all of the ways that we act as an excuse for each other mm-hmm. um and and so those of us who you know whether whether it's it's you talk with god you you meditate you had an nde whatever it is that has awakened you into the realization that you're so far beyond what you once thought of yourself i do carry that as a responsibility to light up you know to to continue to light up as brightly as possible um Just because I I think, I think that we all need that encouragement, you know? And so folks, we're going to, we're going to cut to a quick break for information about Paul's work. You can go to the scienceofsuperpowers.com. We'll have links there for you. And if you're loving this and you want to walk with others and be supported and, and talk about these conversations in ways that, that we don't have to be afraid of, right? We, our walk with the divine is one that that, it, that promises love and support if, if we lean into it, and it's so much easier when we do that as a group, then make sure you're checking out superpowerexperts.com. We have our Superpower Universe membership. We've got all kinds of resources for you. This is the game right now, as, as far as I'm concerned. This is the conversation to be had. Um, and, and Paul's at the forefront of that. And so you're not going to want to miss any of the information that we cover right after this break, folks. Stick with us. We're talking with Paul Selig about living the kingdom now, and we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts and creator of the Superpower Network. Welcome and thank you for making us your go to place for inspired content, training, and community. The network is so much more than a place for amazing content. It's step one on the path to unlock your superpowers. Listen to one episode daily on the Superpower Network and attune yourself to inspired conversations, higher vibrational living, and much, much more. In step two, you learn with us by watching one of our inspirational videos each week from the IM series. And when you're ready, come grow in community. Our superpower programs offer a unique experience for those ready to harness their superpowers to change themselves, their lives, and ultimately, the world. Go to superpowerexperts.com and take the next step on your path today. Awesome. We're back before the break. You got to hear from Paul Selig all about living the kingdom. Now this is his new book, the kingdom folks. This is, trust me when I say that walking along with this material, if it is in resonance for you, then follow it. There's abstract concepts, but there's affirmations in there all along the way there's attunements, um, it's a really beautiful support mechanism for those of you who are clearly on your walk. And it's a phenomenal doorway for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about. And you kind of are curious. You, you know, sounds like fun, right? Um, and so, so the the guides have done a beautiful job of walking people through this in a way that doesn't have to be alarming, right? I think I think a lot of times we, we feel like everything's got to crash and burn in order for us to rebuild in a different place. And certainly that is the story for some of us, but it's not a requirement. And the guides have been very clear about that, right, Paul? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, so let's say people are listening and they, they're not really all, all into the crash and burn, kind of burn all the ships kind of, kind of motif. What, no. what can you offer to them about like just the ease and the grace with which they can step into this material?
0: Well, the guides are teachers, and they say that they teach in a one-room schoolhouse, you know, and the books are dictated through me. I don't write them. I I, I sit in a the chair. They're spoken. The transcripts become the books. They're unedited. But the one-room school schoolhouse concept was, was helpful for me because it means that they meet us wherever we are, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll work with us at the level that we can be worked with. They do say that this isn't a convenient teaching. None of this is very <laughs> the personality who wants what, you know, he or she wants when he or she wants it. And it isn't that kind of a teaching, but it is a teaching, I think, that's extraordinarily loving. And they say that they're escorting us, you know, every step of the way. So they're actually sponsoring or mentoring the students of their own work. And the books are energetic transmissions. So you're being worked with by the guides and by, you know, the, the energy that informs the books as you're reading it. This is my understanding. You know, they said it in the very first book, which was called I Am the Word, which was dictated in 2009. And nobody knew who I was when this came out. I was this college teacher that had been working intentionally under the radar and didn't really want to be known. But suddenly there was a book. And the reviews started coming in and people started saying, you know, I'm reading this book and my body is vibrating. I'm reading this book and I'm seeing auras. And it's always been like mm-hmm. that. The books have, the books are experiential and this is no different. And I think people get the level of experience that they can handle and hold. It doesn't have to be miserable. That's for sure.
1: Mm, beautiful. And I think it's such a great reminder because as a collective, we really do have some shared stories about what it looks like to um, – I don't know, walk walk in in service to the divine or walk in communion with that or step into our divinity. Um, I think we have, you know cross crosses and and witch witch hang burnings and and hangings oh. and all kinds of fun descriptors of be- really terrible things that happen. I remember when um we had gotten the guidance to start the network and everything. and and what was fascinating was was the 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 number of people who, had a challenge with holding that there was this high vibrational sort of network, but it was created by individuals who happened to also be former counterintelligence agents with the government, and it was kind of this discrepancy of like, wait a second, like what's the catch, right? And we have enough sort of stories around all of that. It was a really fascinating reflection to receive back about the um, the ways in which we sort of compartmentalize what this means, and I think it's important to talk about. The kingdom, right? The the kingdom. We could we could look at, at the at, at the Christ story and, and, and biblical references. It, it can be used in a lot of different ways, but we do have a lot of discussions about living heaven on earth. I don't know that very many people really let themselves dream into that space, though, in any real way. Right. It's sort of like whether we acknowledge it or not, we're holding this disbelief that that it can be accomplished as yeah. a human, right? Because human life is still tough, right? It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. God's great, but I still mm. have to pay my bills, right? Yeah. W- what do you have to speak into that space?
0: Well, I mean, it's my challenge and has been from the beginning of this, you know, I'm not a spiritual teacher. I'm not a guru. I'm this guy that sits in a chair and takes the dictation. And I I would like my path, I suspect, to have been more comfortable and a bit easier than it's been. It's not been, you know, it's not it's not been easy um, much Mm -hmm. of the time. But the idea of this being a possibility, the guides say, is is the key to this, because they say what we're doing is we're claiming our inheritance. I mean, this is ours already. We just have been, you know, living in a world that's been so sort of informed by fear that everything that we see is tainted by this idea of separation. And they say, Mm -hmm. that's our creation. And they're actually moving us beyond it. And I think it has to be experiential. I think if it's just words on a page, it's interesting. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's entertaining. I don't think these are beach books. They're not page turners. They take some concentration. (laughs) They're channel texts. They're not really self-help books the guides are pretty big on, I think, reclaiming a kind of language that they say has been misunderstood and misused. And so while they're teaching, you know, concepts that are universal, some of the language is rooted in a kind of Christian mysticism. And, you know, there were all these Hindus at this workshop, and I just didn't, they understood it perfectly. They said, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is exactly what they believe in. And, you know, they're, you know, busy chanting to Hanuman when, you know, they're not with me. So mm-hmm. it's all one thing. And the guides are saying, you know, it's possible when I was a kid, I'm like 30, 30, 31. And I had enough of an experience of, of the divine to believe on, you know, without real question, that such a thing existed, that there was this thing, I asked to go all the way with it. Not knowing what I was even asking for, you understand? Mm-hmm. I think, in retrospect, what the guides have been doing in their books is creating uh, a way forward for those mm-hmm. who want to realize this. But it really is mysticism. It's not mm-hmm. convenient spirituality. It's not let me, you know, pray and get a bigger apartment and let me, mm-hmm. you know, feel special. It's not about that at all. It's about something quite different, and I think. That's up to the individual how he or she wants to explore and experience. But the guides say it it has been done and it will be done again. This is important. That's right.
1: Well, and it is being done. Like it's and it's that squeezing through the eye of the needle. It really is turning things inside out. I mean, all of the convenient phraseologies that, that we think are just, you know, kind of flowery, you start to realize at many different levels the the truth in them and why that's how this experience has been described. Because it is a true like turning inside out you're going in instead of out you're going up instead Mm -hmm. of down you're going you know it's like what you know and, and, and I love the um commentary about the the unification of it all when 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 I walked through um I talk about it in the science of superpowers book that it's it'll be it's being released this year but the journey of the activations and all of these different like worlds and and languages and awarenesses and finally I just kind of stopped I was like what is all this? like why am I seeing all this because similar to you like, I came from government and military and academia and it was like this is crazy you know it's like I don't I don't even know what's happening here and and I just for whatever reason had a pretty strong trust in it all um, almost a naive like okay you know almost a naive faith like I knew what I what I believed in in the sense of who I was communing with, but beyond that, I was really unclear. Um, but the trust was present enough for me to just relax into it. And the message I got back was so powerful. Of like, you have to see that all of this is identical. That it's the same conversation. And, 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 and then, of course, the podcast has really assisted with that as I've talked to thousands of people, each of them in their own kind of um, myopic perspective of what they're doing, serving in their, in their crucial piece but it's that vantage point of, of realizing the the threads, right? That divine design that's so obvious once you start to see it. Um, and there and there are a lot of us awakening into those spaces. I think the biggest challenge is um, the the actualization of it. And I think it's it's one of those things where prior to sort of stepping into it, you really can't fathom it. But and yet that's that's the trick, right? That's the temptation is we want assuredness about what it's going to be like before we take that step. And there are all kinds of ways to describe it. But unless you're in it, the ways of describing it really don't make any sense um, to the logical mind. And so it's sort of this weird kind of check and balance system that the divine has to ensure that you can't really understand it unless you've already accepted it. Um, And that kind of trips up the person mind, right? The mind that's walking forward, having these experiences and wanting that the reassurance, um, you know, what, how have you addressed or, or you know, I'm I'm assuming you've fielded questions from people who are, who kind of get to that place and are like, yeah, but yeah, but like what, I just need that one thing to assure me. And it's like, yeah, but that's the one thing you're not going to get until you actually step into that. Um, Like in your world, in your words, have you addressed that with folks?
0: I don't know that i have i mean i you know i'm not the teacher so the guides are the teacher i'm sure they have and i i expect that it's in the books and you know they say you can make yourself know it's not possible you've never made yourself know but you can align to your inherent knowing and you know when the when one is in one's knowing one is never afraid and i think what you're speaking about is an experience of knowing and once you have the experience you really can't go back you know, nothing's ever the same, even if you try. I mean, that's what happened to me. If I, I'm i not going to say that I'm the most advanced person I know or that I've arrived in any place. And I certainly don't think of myself as an expert. I'm somebody else on this strange road. But I do know. And when they, when they were teaching last week and they said, you know, you, you really can't put God in a thimble. But what you can hold is only so much. You know, you can't know the mm-hmm. fullness of it all, but you can have the experience of it at the level that you can hold. And what they seem to be doing with us is working incrementally to lift and to sort of expand what we can hold. And that requires, I think, a kind of permission because, I mean, I was raised an atheist. You know, I was raised to believe this stuff was just nuts mm-hmm. and and wasn't interested terribly either until I sort of, you know, fell through the sidewalk into this other experience, you know, of, of life. Mm-hmm. And that's continued to be my teacher. But finally, your life is your teacher. And your experience of this, I think, is what's paramount. In the last year, oddly, in the strangest time, you know, since I've been born um, in the world, I've experienced more grace than I've ever known, you know, mm-hmm. and for me, that's the proof. It just, it just keeps unfolding. And I'm very grateful for that. Otherwise I would still think, well, this is just nuts, but the guides are good teachers. So I think they don't, they say, you know, if it can't be proven out, don't bother with it. And that's, right. that's I, I agree.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Test it. Like it, it, because ultimately it comes down to it. It is a very personal journey. Like, like it's, there's this collective sort of unity moving into oneness realization of ourselves and others and all of that, that jazz, but as the, as the individual there is there, it is very clearly you and, and God and whatever that walk is for you. And and I think that that's such a big, important part of this conversation that's unfolded, I, I think ignited through the pandemic mm-hmm. is it just the number of people that, that are just like, I just want to be me and, and be free to discover what that looks like. And then, of course, the natural outcropping of that is, okay, how do we live in community together with everybody discovering themselves on these individual journeys? And that's, you know, a lot of folks are working in those spaces. You know, how do we build, you know, communities around these concepts? How do we, you know, in our world, it's, it's our organizational structures and the models that we use, our processes, our systems, all of them have to be in resonance. We cannot deviate we don't get to to use a tactic that um, that is rooted in anything other than that divine kind of win 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 space. If we try to, it, it it pulls us off course. We we've tried, you know, we've tried to to do the thing the industry tells you to do. I can't tell you the number of people who told us that we couldn't do things the way we were doing in the podcast, and and now we're at over four point four million downloads monthly in the top one point five percent globally of podcasts. And it's like, but it took incredible strength of will to say. Yes, I take my orders from somewhere else. You know, it's like I don't really know what I'm doing, but I know that I'm being told not to do that. And uh-huh. um, and you can feel the resonance and the truth and all of that. But it's you know similar to what you speak to. It's like there was weirdness in that, and the person wasn't always comfortable with it. Um, why, why, why do you think you you did it? Like, why do you think you kept going? Like, what is it that even when your person was uncomfortable? that had you persevere in it? You didn't have to, you know, or maybe I you know. feel like you did. I don't know.
0: I think I feel like I did, but I wasn't, you know, I took a, I took a long time. You know, I started opening up psychically when I was 25, when I quit drinking and suddenly I was so sensitive. I didn't know what to make mm-hmm. of anything. And then when I studied, energy healing, I opened up as a clairaudient and, and clairsentient. And I didn't even know what those things were. I had no <laughs> at all. And so I'm entirely self-taught. And I had a group that met in my apartment for 18 years. It was a little circle and then the guides would come in and bring through the energy. And I was just into getting high off the energy. I wasn't that mm-hmm. in what they were talking about. And then when I quit smoking, when I was 48, the guides began lecturing. And, you know, they said, you have to stop smoking so we can continue with you. And and I did. And that's mm-hmm. when they started delivering entire books that were spoken. So I, I feel that I was trained for this. But, you know, I was a college teacher for 25 years and I loved every mm-hmm. minute of it. And I wasn't seeking to be known for this. Um, I'm surprised that it's happened some days. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just wanted to be in the energy and to, to know God, whatever God was, that was it. I mean, I think when your heart is spoken to that way and that longing is present, it, it seeks to fulfill itself. I think that's what it's been for me. And, and you know, mm. truthfully, in, in spite of you know, every opportunity that I possibly could have had to derail this, it hasn't happened. This is the area of my life that works the best because it's the area so far, at least, that's, that continues to be surrendered. Mm. You know, this isn't my business. What happens here isn't my business. I continue to show up. That's my that's job, right. to Show up and that everything else that happens after that is out of my hands.
1: Mm. Well, and and my life changed again, completely the moment I realized that there were so many spaces that I wasn't doing that in. Mm -hmm. And when you just do like this audit, and you're like, okay, wait, this works really well. And it's easy. And it's fun. This not so much like, huh. And I just started playing with it. And it was like, everything, everything like you, nothing is is, is out of balance for this. And it works 100% of the time. And that to me is really what the guides are impressing upon all of us is this isn't, this isn't a pastime. This isn't just something you do on Sundays or something you do when you, when you drink a tea or whatever it is that you do to kind of, like you said, kind of get into that flow into that energy space. We can live in this. And when I made the commitment to not come out of it, whatever that meant, it was like, okay, like I think this can be done. And of course it, it is an intentionality, but similar to what you're expressing, there was also this very matter of factness of it. Like resistance wasn't even on the table. Like it wasn't, it was futile or it was painful. It was like, it wasn't even a thought. Yeah. And, and 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 then to to be able to, to extend that into every aspect of beingness and continue to watch those layers come off, um, it really allowed me to see the importance of where we put our our, our um, prioritization. And and if again, if the pandemic taught us nothing else, I think that this this really seriously looking at what we prioritize in our existence from, from what we we're consuming, whether it's information or food or drink or anything else, to to the thoughts that we're having, to um, you know, how we're leaning into old programs that, that were trained to respond it from fear. Um, you know once you know that love is is present and, and you've been in that frequency of love like you get the option to choose something different in those moments and and do you do you want what lies on the other side badly enough to to face those aspects of yourself i think is is some of that and there is a tipping point where it's like like you mentioned not only can you not go back in but but like you can't get enough of it, it it's like it's like oh wait let let's clear this and oh let's look at this and Oh, wait, this piece cause, causes me a little trepidation. Like, I'm going to look at that too. What, what can you do here? You know, and, and it becomes sort of this beautiful choose your own adventure kind of game. Um, and, it, and it's real, folks. I think if nothing else, I, I would love to, um, you know, just be able to pour into this space here that, that it's, yes, it's colorful language. And yes, it, it, it's um, poetic. And yes, it's this beautiful kind of mystical um, outcropping that we get to look at, but it is also incredibly real. And, and when you realize that the reality that you've given so much credit to was also just a story you chose to believe in, it's like, oh, well, then why not choose to believe in the one that sounds better? <laughs> like Why not choose to believe in the one that ends well? Like why, if it really truly comes down to, and you can play with this yourselves, folks, test this. Really, truly sit. And if you're feeling like you're in a funk, do something that like smile or think about something positive and really watch what occurs in your body, right? If you're honest with yourself, you have to start accepting that what you're choosing to put your energy into is creating the reality that you're existing. We can blame other people. We can blame our past. We can do that. But but when you do these little experiments with yourself, the truth just starts to become really evident and the the stories that we've been believing in the limited perspective start to become really obvious. Um, and, but it's, it, but it takes that willingness, right. To, to kind of play with it. Maybe I don't, I, I, we talk about play Paul was, it, I mean, was that your experience with it? Just kind of experimenting with it or what, how, how did you sort of reconcile moving from this kind of atheistic kind of perspective into this, Okay, sort of. I'm kind of going to play with it, but I'm not saying I believe in it. But then, moving into where you're now embodying it.
0: Well, I, I mean, I, you know, I had one of those weird sort of William Jamesian conversion experiences. I, you know, this is textbook kind of wackadoodle stuff. But you know, I was, um, you know, sort of bottoming out in a hotel in saint paul i'd been a playwright i was working on an opera and the gideon's leave bibles and drawers in hotel rooms and i took it out and i i said prayer for people in crisis and i said it and then three mm-hmm. days later i heard a voice telling me to get my act together and how to do it and i was floored by it but i listened to it and i did it and then everything changed and that was the beginning So I think I needed evidence and I was given, especially at the beginning, a lot of evidence and a lot of experience, physical and tangible experience of energy that I couldn't refute. And once I was able to feel energy and then sort of read into energy, you know, my whole understanding of my world was changing. Not necessarily who I was, that took more time, but I understood that the world wasn't what I thought it was. You know, there's a the guides in one of their books, you know, talk about sort of a, a choice one makes to align. And that once that choice is made, and there's a claim that they offer that sort of supports that, you kind of go on automatic. It's like putting something, you know, in the pressure cooker, it's just going to happen. <laughs> you know, it's like once those sort Set of
1: it and forget it.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then they say, you know, the good news is, is that it's happening. And, and the challenging part is we get to face all these parts of ourselves mm-hmm. that we choose to refute or deny. And that, you know, isn't always fun. But they say, if you got a dead body in the basement, it's going to stink up the house eventually. <laughs>
1: <So> <laughs> you might as well get it out.
0: Pretty <laughs> much. And so that's more my experience of it. I, being in the energy is still playing and, and sort of the thrill of that experience and being party to other people's, you know, experience of it is a source of joy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm another student of this stuff, you know, I'm, I'm not the expert I'm maybe one day, but not now.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's wonderful. And I, I, I love that you're so willing to be transparent with that journey and, um, and so generously offering. I mean, this is, this is a commitment, like, like, and definitely, you know, I love that you speak to the benefits in your life and the changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but folks, this is, this is it for each of us. And, and the most pivotal piece there was listening and, and doing it. And it, you know, I, I'm reminded of with Neva early on, I, we homeschooled her and, and I just had this sense that we didn't need to teach in the same way that that we were taught that there was a a place where she could just tap into her knowingness. And so I started experimenting when she was real little. She had an app that did um, math drills. And so, so I was like, just don't think, you, you know, all of this, just, just don't think. And so she'd get into that flow and she was just, D-d-d-d-d. and then the second it would drop into her mind, I could feel the shift in the frequency and she'd start thinking about it, it would slow her down and I'd stop the app and she'd start to get really frustrated, you know? And I was like, you're thinking again, right? It's going back. And, and even when she was really little, like she didn't totally grasp the the process, but she knew this stuff. Like it was so remarkable to watch what she was capable of when she didn't have that limitation or this, this idea that I've got to take this information from, from what I call the cloud, right? Like it's all out there and yeah. bringing it into her personal hard drive and then interpret it. And I was like, I don't I think you can bypass that, right? You, you have to train the person first, but, but it was, I was testing a theory. And so it was so remarkable to watch. And, and I've seen how she's developed and grown with that, you know, over the years and she's 11 now and runs, you know, a couple of sections of our company and stuff, but oh. the awareness of, truth and, and this embodiment of it at such a young age rewrites everything. And it's been so fascinating to watch. We have our, we giggle every time uh, we'll listen to your audio books um, if we go on a trip or something, because again, it, it feels like home. And so we giggle every time they say reclamation, because that's the name of our family podcast. Because uh, it's a play on our reclamation. and there's as we're driving in our Accord, listening to them talk about reclamation, and I'm just laughing the whole time at the similarities and the you know the affirmations. You know, we all get to be delighted in the journey, also, folks. Like it's not that's part of the experience, and 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 Paul talking about being the student. Like we don't know, like like you know, but you don't know. Like you get to be delighted in the details and in the the expressions and then in the discoveries also that's that's part of this journey um but you don't get to have those experiences if you're sitting on the sideline because you're too afraid to experience something different you're too afraid to look foolish you're too afraid to be wrong or you're too afraid to 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 really hope and have your hopes dashed like it's happened folks you've all survived that before you'd survive it again take some risks it's not worth jeopardizing your eternal experience in the sense of what you could really be stepping into, not some hell and damnation thing, but really what you could be stepping into just because you have a story that says it's not safe to step into unknown spaces. You all have stepped into unknown spaces and you've survived. It may not have been wonderful, but you survived and you will survive this also. And it just might be everything that you're hoping it would be. Take that step. Like, and there's enough of us saying, look, we've done it. Like we're not perfect. It's not over, but but the water's fine. Come on in. Right. It's like, it's like there are enough of us now that that we're getting really close to that social proof phase that that predicates, you know, mass adoption. It, it the time is now to start thinking about where do you put your faith? Where do you put your hope? Like, what are you looking forward into? And what would happen if you really truly could live the kingdom right now? Like, is it possible? And not only maybe don't even tackle that one, but would you want that to be possible? And if there's any ounce in your being that would want that to be possible, isn't it worth pursuing? Paul, what are some final points you want to share with everybody before we go today?
0: Oh, I don't know that I have any. I mean, you know, the things that I tend to try to live my life by are, not making choices based in fear, because the guides say the action of fear is to claim more fear and yeah. um you know and 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 what I bless blesses me in return and what I damn yeah. damns me back. and if I can keep those simple things in mind, I have a much better experience of my life. But I do want to say I think that you know the work that the guides are doing is available. I mean, this isn't an impossible teaching. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if it's entered into with willingness, people can have the experience that the guides say is available.
1: Beautiful. And, and and what a beautiful doorway and bridge that you've been for so many people um into that space. Folks, take take courage from that. Um, you know, gather 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 up your 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 doubts and 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 take them to the divine and start having that conversation and talk about what you want and, and talk about your doubts and 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 recognize that, that those are present, but they don't need to control you. And you can step into that space in faith and, and have your own discovery process with it. Again, make sure you're checking out Paul's new book, The Kingdom. It's phenomenal. And I know he's already on to creating new and exciting things. And so Paul, we'll, we'll wait with bated breath for, for all of your new creative projects and just know that you've got all of us on the sidelines here cheering you on and appreciating your work and, um, and the courageous example that you're setting in the world.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Oh,
1: well, you're so welcome. And to all of you out there, thank you for joining us again on the Science of Superpowers. We've been talking to Paul Selig about living the kingdom now. And if you're interested in, in communing with people who talk about these things and live these things and it just, just want to be loved and supported in that space, come join us over at the Superpower Universe. You can go to superpowerexperts.com. Um, if you join the plus, it includes all of our book releases, which is very exciting, starting with the Science of Superpowers. But you'll get to to be part of the audio journey along the way as, the, as that book gets recorded. And so that's our gift to the community. So you get to be part of the interactive experience of, of that book and the, and the body of work that's come through that. And so we invite you into that space. Regardless, we love you and we appreciate your loyalty. And, and we, we know that you're sharing this with others and that it matters. So thank you all for that. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other and love each other. Till next time, take care. Bye-bye.